What is going on, ladies, gentlemen, listeners of the Didn't Ask podcast? Welcome back to another episode of this right here podcast, the Didn't Ask podcast, episode 72. We're getting closer and closer to the big 100 episode, and I'm very excited about that. I am also very excited to talk to you this week because I have a great show planned for you. I hope you had a good week. I am recording this a little earlier than I would normally do because I have a very busy week up ahead. So we had to switch some things around with the the recording moment, but everything is totally cool. I watched UFC live yesterday, which was absolutely fun. There were some great fights on the card. Of course, we had Molly McCann and Patty DeBetty who were basically like headlining that card. And man, they both got away with the great with the great finishes. Of course, we saw Molly McCann knock her opponent out with a spinning elbow. Like it was a great spinning elbow. It was really fucking cool to see her do that. It is one of the things that I believe that was like when she really started getting popular. That was one of the moves that she did to win that fight as well. And it was great to see her use it again. Uh, and then uh, Patty the Batty, who got a pretty good opponent, uh, forgot the name, the guy's name. Um, I think his name was like Jordan. I think his name was Jordan. We're, 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 I'm not even going to try his uh, last name. I think his name was Jordan. And um, he was very different. Uh, he had a different style, and we weren't really knowing what to expect. Of course, Patty the Batty is pretty skilled in all forms of mixed martial arts but feels way more comfortable standing up but this guy immediately tried to get him down and tried to take him down and but he was defending very well and then when he was being taken down he would always try and look for some type of submission eventually basically trapping his right arm of his opponent in this like figure four lock like around his body and then basically raining down punches the guy only could defend with one arm and then basically gave up his arm and then his chin and then Patty just grabbed behind him and choked him out and that was such a fun finish and just the whole fucking O2 arena I've been there a couple of times it's fucking big and just the whole O2 arena just yelling and screaming such a great fucking moment so if you haven't seen the fight please go back and watch it because it's it's really good like the Molly McCann fight and the Patty the Batty fight, both fantastic to uh, look at. So if you are interested in mixed martial arts or you watch mixed martial arts in one way or another, please go watch that fight because it's really fucking fun. Well, that's enough about my weekend because technically my weekend is still going. It's Sunday. We're recording on the Sunday, people. Let's jump into the first question coming from the Ask Reddit subreddit for today as by user Connor 105 And they ask, what video game do you consider a masterpiece? I thought I had answered this question already in the past, but seemingly I haven't. So I'm going to do it now. And there are a couple of games that I would consider masterpieces. I think that the easiest answer to give is The Last of Us. And it is The Last of Us Part 1, definitely. And in The Last of Us Part 2, you can kind of divert off of that because there are certain things that they that they improve upon from the first game. But there are also a couple of things that they not necessarily improve, but also not necessarily make worse. 
but it, they make it a little different. So there is a little bit more of a debate to to make there. But personally, I think that The Last of Us Part One is one of the best games ever created. It's such a emotionally impactful game, and the gameplay is great. Even though it was great, I should say it's a lot less good now because the controls are a little bit stiff and movement is a bit weird and the AI is also a tiny bit off. Luckily, they are improving on all of these points in the remake that they're doing that is coming out September 1st, I believe. And I'm very much looking forward to that. Even though I have played The Last of Us in the past uh, and I have watched multiple playthroughs of the whole game, I still think that The Last of Us is such a... Again, masterpiece. That's going back to the question. Like, it is such a good game front to back that it's it's really hard to say anything against that. And I will be buying the remake again, even though I have played them already. But yeah, I, I will not buy it day one, especially because I am very bad at playing games nowadays. Like, I have no time. And then when I have time to do something else other than work and living normally, I'm probably watching either wrestling or a movie that I need to do for some type of review series that I'm uh, keeping up with. So it's really hard to get games in nowadays. But when the game drops in price a little bit to about like 40 bucks, then I will definitely pick it up and go through that game again. And like I'm saying, I would say I personally would consider The Last of Us Part 2 a masterpiece as well. Because... I think that The Last of Us Part 2 improves on so many things that the first game puts down and then Last of Us Part 2 takes them up a notch. Again, I can understand where it would diverge for people because it's a lot more open world. It's not open world, open world, but there is a little bit more freedom in how you approach areas and do you kill all these people or do you go straight ahead or are you going in guns blazing or are you going in more stealth, stuff like that. There were things that you had in the first game, but the first game was way more linear than the second game is. But the way that they tell the story in the second game is absolutely amazing. And if you don't know, basically, I'm going to give a small little spoiler Well, you for The Last of Us Part 2. So if you don't want to hear it, skip 10 seconds ahead. So in The Last of Us Part 2, you basically play as two characters. And they basically are different sides on the same coin type things. And... I think that that is such a fun dynamic because you see the world from a different perspective. And I think that that is what makes The Last of Us Part Two a masterpiece as well because it just gives you such a good gameplay feel because every move that you do and every hit, everything is so visceral and everything feels so great. But then again, you have then the story that's fantastic where... You're talking about Ali, who went through so much in such a short period of time and then basically has to deal with that stuff and then more things happen and, oh man, it's such a good game. So, going back to your question, A. Connor 105, what video game do you consider a masterpiece? Personally, I would definitely consider The Last of Us Part 1, or at least The Last of Us, technically not Part 1, but The Last of Us, I would consider that a masterpiece. And The Last of Us Part 2 with that, honestly. Like, there are so many things that are so good about that game. Like, the storytelling is fantastic. The world building is fantastic. The 
environments are fantastic. Everything is so fucking good. And then there is there are some things that I don't like or that you wouldn't like, but I think that those are so minuscule that they're basically written off. And again, it, it's the term masterpiece it doesn't necessarily mean that it's perfect. It's a masterpiece, meaning that it is reaching heights that very few others do. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's perfect, but it's saying that it's basically the best at what it's doing. So thank you for your question, A. Connor 105. Moving on to the second question for today, coming from the Ask Reddit subreddit as well. Asked by user Wheelman343, what fictional character would definitely have an OnlyFans? OnlyFans, of course, is a very, very popular platform under females. Men, of course, also under men because they spend obscene amounts of money on that fucking platform. What was the thing about uh, Catch Me Outside Girl, Daniela Bricoli? She made a million dollars in 24 hours or some shit. Like, it was absolutely outrageous. Also, that shows how fucking dirty the fucking men are. But anyways, what fictional character would definitely have an OnlyFans? Like, the the first person that I jumped into my mind was Chun-Li. Because, of course, Chun-Li has thunder thighs. Like, her thighs and ass, iconic. So, I would say that she would probably be on that platform, given the choice. Because, man, there's so much money to be made. They're, they're fucking Capcom is making so much money off of her now. With the fucking Street Fighter swimsuit editions and shit like that. Where they put Chun-Li with her fucking thong bikini on the f- front of the fucking page. And then they make uh, Chun-Li figures and fucking statues and stuff like that. So Capcom is already making a shitload of money on, on Chun-Li. So I think that giving her an OnlyFans would definitely go a long way. Um, another character that I would think that would do well... like I- I'm going to say Coco Bandicoot because people are furries. They like to see those characters in precarious positions. So I think that that is an option there as well. I'm thinking and I'm looking around my room thinking like, oh, maybe this person, maybe that person. Let's jump into the comments because maybe the comments have something fun to say. Oh, yeah. The second thing I saw said by Bobro and that is Moxie from Borderlands. And that is definitely, definitely, definitely a person that would have a OnlyFans account. Because Moxie, she she is selling herself. Like, everywhere you go, you see giant pictures of Moxie with her tits out. And it, it, it's getting us in. We're fucking stupid. We're dumb. But, you know, it, they're doing a great job selling herself. Can, can we lie about that? Definitely not. I don't think we can. I'm trying to scroll down and see if I can find something. Oh, yep. This is a, also a good form coming from Mr. Sujay. And they say Harley Quinn. And I would say that maybe not. But I think that the animated version of Harley Quinn that is voiced by Kylie Koku. Kylie Koku? Kylie Koku? I think that that specific version would definitely have an OnlyFans uh, account. Especially now that, spoilers, she's in a relationship with Poison Ivy. I think that that could be some banger content. Just having Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy doing stuff on OnlyFans. 
fuck me, that 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 would sell fucking that would sell like hotcakes. So going back to the question, as by user wheelman343, what fictional character would definitely have an OnlyFans? My answer personally would definitely be Chun-Li because she has an amazing ass and great thighs. So I think that her OnlyFans account would soar. It would fucking fly off the shelves. And then we have the answer by Pobro. And they say Moxie from Borderlands. And then finally we have Mr. Sujay who says Harley Quinn. And I think that all of those are very good contenders for very spicy OnlyFans content. So thank you for your question, Wheelman343. Moving on to the next question coming from Mr. Underscore Dum Dum. And they ask, what's the worst weapon, but undeniably a weapon, to have in a zombie apocalypse? I think that with a zombie apocalypse, you always want to be as far away from a zombie as possible. So I think like a pocket knife or like a Swiss army knife, something like that is such a bad option to go by because you have to just get in way too close. I want to stay as far away as possible, at least, at the very least, I want to be like an arm's length away from that fucking thing. And if I'm going to have to stab them in their head, that's not going to happen because I need to be up close for that one. So I think that something that's like very small and very like hand-to-hand combat based, I think that's a very, very bad weapon, but definitely a weapon. Like I would always have a pocket knife with me in case something goes extremely long and wrong and sometimes all of a sudden a zombie is just next to me then I can like stab him in the eye or something like that. I would like to have the option, but I would definitely not choose that as my primary weapon. I would use it as my my tertiary weapon or something like that. I'm gonna have like a, a shotgun and maybe a rifle, maybe a bow. And at that point, I'm thinking about a knife or a pistol or something like that. Something that's I mean, I mean, a pistol is actually a good item, I think. It doesn't make that much noise. And, and it's also like with the zombie apocalypse thing, it's always like, what what are we talking about? How are we seeing these zombies? Are they really zombie zombies? Or, you know, like what, what iteration of the zombie are we talking about? Are we talking about the zombies that basically only react to seeing you? Are we... We're talking about zombies that hear as well, because if they hear as well, then the thing's maybe changing a bit. But I think that still would go with a pocket knife or like a Swiss army knife type thing. Because I just don't want to be that close to all these zombies, man. It's going to be way too dangerous for me. So going back to your question, as by Mr. Underscore Dum Dum, what's the worst weapon, but undeniably a weapon to have in a zombie apocalypse? And I think that I would go with a pocket knife or a Swiss army knife. Like I think a Swiss army knife for utility is a great thing to have all those things like a, a blade and a screwdriver and a cork screw and stuff like that. All of those things are very, very useful and it's definitely good to have, but I would definitely not pick it as my primary weapon if I'm trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. So thank you for your question, Mr. Dum Dum. Moving on to the fourth question for today, coming from user that underscore boy underscore SDE. And they ask, you can make one thing service free for the entire planet. What are you making free? There are so many things that we can make free. And there are so many 
options here that we can make. I think that there, you have the standard things like like water and utilities like that that would be great if they were free. But I also think that if we had public transit be free for everybody, I think that that would open the world up so much more. That if you can just hop on a bus and then go somewhere else, I think that that would broaden your view of the world completely. And it would also give you more chances to excel in life. Because not only are you stuck in your own hometown and village or whatever the fuck, you can now go to the big cities. You can go to, for people that live in big cities, you can go to smaller cities and find work there. And there are so many things that you can do when you have free public transit that I think that that, that is a great option. Because, not, again, not only is it giving you more options for work, but it's also giving you more options for your spare time and for your personal growth, I should say. Like, there are so many things that you can do when public transit are free. Like, you can visit your grandparents, for example. You can go to the movies somewhere else. Again, it's going to be so good for business because you're, the chances are you're constantly going away and going to some other place. And I personally know that public transit is quite expensive if you're not taking it into account per se. Like I've gone on bus trips that were like five, six bucks. Like that shit is fucking outrageous. There's sometimes it's so expensive to, for you to get on a train and go to the next town over that you're paying like five, six bucks for like a single ride. That's absolutely crazy. So using that money for something else would be very good. So going back to your question, that underscore boy underscore SDE, you can make one thing service free for the entire planet. What are you making free? Again, easy answer would be like water and utilities, like gas and, and power and stuff like that. But honestly, my mind goes to public transit. My mind goes to public transport because I think that Giving you public transport opens your world up so much more than it used to be. It broadens your horizons, not only physically, but also mentally. And I think that that is a great option to do. So that would be my answer to you, that boy, Steve. Moving on to the final question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today, coming from user Distant Mole. And they ask, if everyone had to work nude, what would be the worst job to be in? I think that there are quite a couple of jobs that are very bad to do if you are working in the nude. My mind jumped to building shit, you know what I mean? Just being a builder and working on some fucking building sites and then carrying heavy bricks and shit. Being in the sun constantly, that would be absolutely horrible. And especially like you're walking there on like a building site, there may be like splinters and broken glass and nails, shit everywhere. I think that that is going to be such a mess to work naked there. But another place that is really bad to work naked, and this one coming from Snoo78959, and they say, fry cook. Dude, just think about working in a restaurant and then having to stand next to like frying bacon or something like that, or, you know, grilling a steak and the fucking flames are burning your skin off and then it's just the hot oil and stuff coming onto your body, just burning you down. Like, that shit fucking sucks, bro. I would never want to do that. 
And then thinking about that makes me think of working at like a nuclear site or something like that, where you have to wear great protection to protect you from all the radioactive waves and shit like that. Having to work naked there is going to give you cancer so fucking quickly. It's absolutely fucking insane. So yeah, going back to your question, user distant mole. If everyone had to work nude, what would be the worst job to be in? First off, I was thinking about being like a builder working in a building site. There are so many things that are going wrong currently, but they can go even worse than think about nails shooting up your fucking head or your feet or something like that. And again, splinters, broken glass, shit like that. It would be very unsafe. And then coming with the answer from Snoo78959, a fry cook, just cook it in general. I think that that is going to be a very, very bad thing with hot sauces going over you, hot oils hitting your body, just fire everywhere. Not great. And then finally, my final answer would be working at a nuclear site or something similar where you're constantly in reach of radioactive waves and shit like that that could burn you. First off, they can burn you alive to begin with, but then also just give you cancer and shit like that. Oh no, please no, that wouldn't be me. So yeah, thank you for your question, Distant Mole. And now going to the final question of today. Of course, coming from the MID Asshole subreddit, this one coming from user throwaway 89997-8857, and they ask, am I the asshole for taking my medication in front of my future step-siblings? I, a 16-year-old female, have epilepsy. I have seizures because of it, and I take medication for those seizures. It's a condition I cannot control, which many people in my life don't really get, except my dad, unfortunately. My mom and dad have been separated for three years. She started dating this guy, Jeff, who is a single dad of two kids ages 6 and 8. He comes over with his kids to visit us every week. Yesterday he visited and brought the kids. I don't usually like sit with him, but this time I had to to get to know my future step siblings better, as my mom says. Anyways, while we were sitting I grabbed my medication which made Jeff side-eyed for like 30 seconds. He then told his kids to go to the other room, then started berating me, asking what the hell I just did. I was so confused by his language, not knowing what he meant. He told me it was not okay for me to take medication in front of his kids. I was like, up, why not? And he started ranting about how his kids shouldn't see this stuff and that I should have went to my room or any other room to take my medication if it was so important to me. I was shocked. And my mom didn't even say anything at the time, which really got me questioning what I did. He then said, those are my step-siblings, they're of young age and they should not be exposed to such sights. And that I'm going to have to come up with a better way to deal with my conditions and medications intake. Because he doesn't want his kids exposed to that once we all start living together as one family. I told him it wasn't my problem, which caused the argument to escalate. Mom sided with him and I had to go to my room to calm down a bit. After he and his kids left, mom picked another argument with me, saying I should be more considerate of the kids seeing my medication and said that Jeff has a point, but I was being too rude to him. She told me she's expecting me to apologize and get right with Jeff next time he visits, but I said no. Now I'm punished for the week for the next weekend 
for my attitude towards my stepdad. But am I the asshole here? And throw away. I can tell you, you're definitely not the asshole. Your mom is being an absolute fucking bitch. I'm sorry. Like, uh, first off, Jeff is a fucking piece of shit to begin with. We're, we're talking about fucking medication here. You have a condition that you cannot do anything with. Like, that you cannot do anything about, I should say. Even though you, you can technically do something about it, and that's take your medication, right? And that's what your mom and your stepdad are not allowing, seemingly. So I would say, yeah, you're definitely not the asshole. It is, you take your medication. Like, do these kids not take fucking any type of pill? Like, have they never get gotten sick and then have to, have to take like a paracetamol or something like that? What are you talking about? I personally am a person that I am on medication quite a lot at this point. I take extra iron tablets because I have an iron deficiency. I take a antidepressant because I have like migraine issues. And I take medication for my Crohn's disease. So all of those things are medications I have to take because otherwise things get worse than they are already. And... Yeah, like sometimes you have to just take them in and there is very little you can do about that. I don't really understand what the argument is here. From coming from like the parent side, like I don't really understand what the fuck they're talking about. If the kid like it, we're we're not talking about some recreational drugs or like taking MDMA or whatever the fuck. You're not doing anything bad. You're absolutely doing something good because if you're not taking these medications, you're getting seizures. And that's not what we want. That's, I assume, not what your mom wants. And I don't think that's something that you'd step that wants. So, personally, I would say, trying next time Jeff is over, try to have a conversation with him. Don't apologize, because I don't think that you should apologize. And just ask, like, hey, what the fuck is up? I've got these medications, because I suffer from epilepsy. I get fucking seizures from that. And taking these pills is making me be quote-unquote normal. What the fuck is wrong with that? That's something that I personally would want to know. So I would be like, hey Jeff, what the fuck is up? What is the problem between you and me? Because I need to take these medications, otherwise I will be having seizures. So if you don't want to bring me to a hospital, let me just fucking take these fucking pills. And if, if that doesn't even work, I would on one side, maybe even fucking get into a conversation with these kids and just be like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm taking these medications. Your dad doesn't like it, but I have to take them. So I'm sorry to you guys, but I'm not really sorry at all because, you know, I have to take these pills and then see how they react to it. Because if they get it, they can definitely turn Jeff as well. And I just want to say, again, your mom is a fucking bitch for not even trying to calm down Jeff in any way, shape or form. And basically taking it out on you immediately. And personally, I've dealt with this shit in the past. And it's just, your mom is in love. That's the thing. And she doesn't want to get into arguments with Jeff. And I get that. So it's easier to pick an argument with you than with him. But I think, yeah, you, you have to have a conversation with your mom as well. To be like, hey, the thing that went on last week, I don't really appreciate. Like... He Jeff was fucking yelling at me for taking my medication and you basically sat it with him and that really hurt me. And if you say something like that, I think that it will get through to your mom and she would be like, hey, oh, I didn't really 
see it that way. I am sorry that I hurt you. Stuff like that. Because moms are nine out of ten times very cool. And they they know what shit is going on. So going back to your question, throw away eight nine 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 seven eight eight five seven. And my dad's overtaking my medication in front of my future step siblings. First off, you're definitely not the asshole. You're taking your medication for against seizures. Fucking seizures for all fucking I care. And your mom and stepfather were absolute fucking dick shits. So, no, you're definitely not the asshole. The th- thing I would do is try and have a conversation with your mom and try to have a conversation with Jeff about this. See where Jeff is coming from. Try and understand it. You don't have to accept it. But it is a way for you to maybe get into better graces with him without apologizing to him. So thank you for your question, Throwaway. And hopefully you'll figure this shit out. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Didn't Ask Podcast. If you did like it, please leave a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts because that will help the podcast very much so. And... If you want to ask me a personal question, you can do that by going to anchor.fm forward slash didn't dash ask dash pod. Over here, there is a button that says message. If you press that, you get the ability to record a voice memo for me with you asking your question. I can then play your voice memo on this right here podcast so I can answer your question live on air. If you don't want your voice to be heard on this right here podcast, that is totally fine by me. Just say it somewhere in your message that you want to be anonymous then i'll read your question out myself so i can still answer your question as i would do any other way on anchor.fm you can also find the links to all the podcast services this podcast is available on it is fucking apple podcast amazon podcast spotify podcast addict pocketcast you name it it's probably there google podcast i didn't mention that it it, is fucking it's fucking everywhere so if it isn't please leave me a message as well that's going to do it for me for this week i will be back next week and if you want to know what i'm doing in the meantime and in between time you can go to track.tv that link like any other link mentioned before will be in the show description as well over here you can see all the movies and tv shows that i'm watching sometimes even while i'm watching them so that is really fun and you can ask me a question about that as well well that's gonna do it for me for now i hope you had a good time listening to this podcast and i hope to see you back next week thanks for listening goodbye